Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. $30,000 to first place on Drafters Fantasy NFL Playoff Best Ball. Cumulative scoring, different format. So how do we draft that winning team? How do we bring home all the bucks? That is what we are going to figure out today on Spike Week. Playoffs are here. The Packers stink. The Seahawks are incredibly lucky to be in the playoffs. And now we have all the teams and players that we can draft for our playoff best ball contest. And that is maybe even more important on the site that we're going to talk about today. Drafters, fantasydrafters.com. Before we get into this strategy, if you have not played on drafters, Two big things we have to talk about. One, they are a different... Maybe you're coming from underdog. You're drafting on underdog for the regular season. You're trying to bring home $2 million. And now maybe you're drafting on underdog for their playoff best ball contest. There is a key difference between drafters and underdog. One, multiple key differences, but the biggest one is it's a completely different format. Yes, it is still NFL playoff best ball which we will get into more of the details around that in a minute, but it is cumulative scoring. I'll probably say the word cumulative too many times during the show. Cumulative scoring, meaning once you draft your team, there's no groups, there's no advance rates, score the most points out of every single person in this tournament. Out of 11,000 250 people you need to score the most points period no other goals no nothing else so it's really important that we know that first second if you have not played on drafters you can see in the upper right hand corner of your screen we have a wonderful bonus for you if you use promo code spike you will get a 100% deposit bonus on your first deposit up to $100 so deposit 100 bucks, that gets you five teams into this $20 tournament, and they'll give you another free 100 which gets you another five. For 100 bucks, you can get 10 teams into this, or they have a $3 tournament. You don't want to spend 20 bucks on every single team. There's a $3 tournament, which has $5,000 to first place. Draft a whole mess load of, five, of $3 teams for 100 or 200 bucks. So make sure to use promo code SPIKE if you have not signed up on drafters. 
yet. So let's talk about drafters, playoff, best ball. Agree with you. Agree with you, Silas. Um, and we we can talk about Rogers for two seconds. Terrence says, "Were you really surprised Rogers didn't come through?" Um, I wasn't surprised the Packers didn't come through. I don't know about Rogers. I mean, Rogers is still pretty good, but uh, uh, the Packers are not good. So I was uh, definitely not surprised to your question. Uh, shout out to the Lions, our Lions. Quasi says, "94 draft completed." Feels hard to get unique now. We'll definitely be talking about this. Speaking of Silas, who commented here, uh, just we just put out a, an awesome article he wrote about getting unique, which we will touch on some of that in the strategy discussion. What we're going to do today is kind of quickly go over some of the most key elements to strategy for drafters, maybe how it's a little bit different than, say, underdog, and then just some general strategic idea some things we can put into practice on drafters because it is quite a bit different i found myself drafting very 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 different teams on drafters than i do on say underdog and i think that's how it should be but i i'm not i'm not certain that everybody is thinking about it that way so um but as quasi says uniqueness is definitely something we'll be discussing as we said at the top the very first thing with drafters is that it is a cumulative scoring format, right? And so I'm just going to reiterate that. You draft your team, you have to beat 11,249 other teams with the most points starting this weekend all the way through to the Super Bowl. So what that means is not just, oh, I got to go score the most points. What it means is essentially every week for the next month, month and a half, whatever, counts the same. Right now, there are exponential gains going to the uniqueness thing, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Having more players available scoring later will allow you to distance your right. You rise higher up the field. Having players that are not eliminated on eliminated NFL teams as the rounds move on, the more players you have scoring points and available to score points, obviously the better because a lot of our opponents right? There's only one out of six Josh Allen teams. If Josh Allen continues to keep scoring points for all four games, that's a great stacks, a greater edge, right? And that happened, that works with tons of other players, including some potential unique players at the end of drafts. So you of course still want and need to have players that continue to advance. You still want to have at a minimum, the ability to fill out a Super Bowl, a full Super Bowl roster so that you're not getting so that you could be in first place and you you can only fill out. There's uh, five starting spots or six, sorry, six starting spots on drafters. You still want to be able to fill out a that's the still still the first goal because you don't want to reach the Super Bowl and then get pat right. You're in first place. You're winning thirty thousand dollars. Super Bowl's here, but I only have two or three players in the Super Bowl. All these teams come from behind and pass me. Still, priority number one is to have the teams, right, players on the teams that continue to advance. However, because it is cumulative scoring and and a second key difference is the positions. You, you have to draft a tight end. 
you have to have a tight end. Tight end counts in your score every single week. If you played on underdog up until now, you will know that they lump their tight ends in with the wide receivers. It is wide receiver slash tight end on underdog. On drafters, it is one quarterback. Let me go ahead and share my screen. It is one quarterback in your starting lineup. This is not the total number of players that you draft, but in your starting lineup, we see here uh, rosters and scoring. One quarterback, one running back, two wide receivers, one tight end, and a flex, which is obviously not a quarterback. So, one, two, three, four, five, six starting spots. You draft 10. Go to info here. You draft 10, excuse me, 12 players. You're going to draft 12 players, and you have a starting lineup of six. So, think about that. You have, you know, a few spots that you need to keep alive for that Super Bowl. You want to have a quarterback in the Super Bowl. You want to have a running back in the Super Bowl. You want to have a tight end in the Super Bowl. And then two wide receivers and a flex. That means you've got six spots that you you know can kind of dedicate to what in the heck is that? Yeah, weird pop-ups. You have six spots that you can dedicate to players that you may or may not have in that Super Bowl. Now, let's talk about that Super Bowl variable. Some Someone might say, if I score so many points over those first three weeks, do I really have to have all six players? Right? Do I really have to fill out that full starting lineup? Technically, the answer is no. And so this is the very first big difference between drafters and underdog is there is a there is a world of possibility where you could basically hit what we would call the nuts for three weeks and even if you get knocked out and you only have a few guys in the super bowl you can still technically win so just right there inherently the game is very very different but I don't think we should be drafting, right? This is a strategy show. I don't think we should be drafting. And I have I have experimented with many different drafts, and maybe we'll get into one or two of them here in a few minutes. I don't think we should be going into the draft and saying, I'm going to win by so much that I don't need the full Super Bowl roster. And that's important, not because of getting into a final round like you would on underdog and having to compete against other teams that have the full Super Bowl roster. But it has kind of trickle-down effects, right? You want teams that continue to advance. If that team makes the Super Bowl, I want players that are playing four games instead of one or two or three. Or if you have a bye, right, if you're on the bye team, I want players playing more games. And I want players playing games later if possible, because so many of my opponent's players have been knocked out already, right? Those are points I'm getting that one-fifth of my opponents are not. One-sixth, excuse me, five-sixths of my opponents are not getting, right? If Jamar Chase makes the Super Bowl, I got four games of Jamar Chase's scores. Four games of Joe Burrow scores. If the Cowboys make it, right, I get four games of C.D. Lamb scores. That's just valuable. More than just have being able to fill out that lineup in the the final round the more players i have on teams that win 
the more games you play, you score more points in a cumulative setting. So it's the same as, say, underdog and the, the playoff format, but different, right? You, you want to get that Super Bowl because obviously you still want to be able to fill out that roster, that, six, that starting lineup of six in the final because you, you, you want and you might need those points in the Super Bowl, but just by playing more games, right? More games. If I average 15 points per game and I play four games, I score 60 points. The guy that averages 25 and plays two games only scores 50 points. Cumulative 60 equals more than 50. So I want to play more games. So you have to be able to thread this fun needle of not sacrificing too much in those say first two rounds to players that are going to be probably useless for you let's say a a guy uh we'll get into this in a little bit i am very high on the san francisco 49ers i'm ready to be hurt again this year this for the 10th time this year I'm very high on the San Francisco 49ers and a player I will I will use as an example here is a Jawan Jennings. Even an Eli Mitchell, there was lots of good conversation in the Discord. If you have not joined the Discord, there is a link in the description. 100% free, best ball conversation, 24-7, 365 from thousands of crazy best ball sickos coming up with awesome strategy, even deeper conversation all day, every day than what we're going to talk about here. Eli Mitchell, Jawan Jennings are these late round guys for the 49ers who are they really going to, you know, crack that starting six? And if they're cracking that starting six, is that a good thing for you in a keep right? I need the most points possible, particularly in the early rounds In the later rounds is what those players can be really helpful for, right? I want San Francisco to make the super I'm betting on San Francisco to make the Super Bowl in this draft. Juwan Jennings in the 11th round can be helpful because I may just be out of players by the Super Bowl and I might need Juwan Jennings score. That could set me over the top, right? Juwan Jennings catches a touchdown in the Super Bowl. That's what sets me apart because my opponents don't have him. My opponents took someone that helped Mike Evans, someone that helped them advance out of the first round, DK Metcalf, something like that. But that's the the delicate balance is that you also can't take too many of those guys, right? When you, you also start to factor in the bye weeks. Now, okay, you take Jawan Jennings and maybe you take a couple Eagles and you take a Chief. And the next thing you know, in the first round, you may sacrifice so many points that you've dug yourself a hole that's almost impossible to get out of. Now, I'm not saying that specific example you have dug that big of a hole, but that's what we're going to be thinking about in every single one of these drafts because round one this weekend of this contest is going to be more than a quarter of your points probably. You know, it just depends on exactly how much, how many you know big games there are this weekend versus next weekend. But every team except the two by teams are playing, and then right next week we get similar amount of games. So these next two weeks, you need lots of raw points. This is where most of the scoring is going to come from. Now, the scoring in the final two weeks 
the conference championships and the Super Bowl is where you set yourself apart because you have those. Maybe you have Juwan Jennings. You have the teams in the title games and the Super Bowl. That's where you set yourself apart. But you can't. You can't totally tank these first two weeks. You will dig yourself such a hole that you can't even come back. You could have Super Bowl teams and you can't win the $30,000 because you've sacrificed too many points in these, particularly this first week, but these first two weeks. So that is the name of this game is figuring out within every single draft. If I had to give one, one blanket statement piece of advice for this format, it is how do I accumulate enough points in the first one to two weeks without punting off, giving away my greatest win equity, which is having more players available later. But you are naturally going to sacrifice projection and points scored in the first two weeks. The more players that you attach on, let's use the 49ers again. As, as an example, the more 49ers I draft, the fewer points I'm likely to score. They can't all score a ton of points. I mean, I guess technically they could. Technically, they could score 60 points or something, and everybody gets home. CMC, Debo, Purdy, Kittle, whatever. But right, the likelihood is that maybe two of those guys have good games. So the more I only get 12 roster spots and I'm only drafting one or two quarterbacks, right? One or two tight ends. The more spots I put to an individual team, the less points I'm likely to score in the first one to two weeks. However, we need an X amount of players from one to two to three different teams, four different teams, right? We need a certain amount of players from conference finals and Super Bowl matchups that I can take it home, right? I get off to a hot start. I need those extra bodies to take me to the 30 grand. So that it's that's what this this game is compared to say your underdog format if you're coming from underdog where I just I'm in I'm in I drafted against five other people. I got to beat either four or five of them in the first round, then I got to beat, you know, eight or 15 or 20 or however many of them in the second round and on and on and on where it's kind of this, I can be riskier because the exact amount of points I score is doesn't matter. I just have to beat that group. And so there's more, more benefit to playing it riskier and taking my shots on those advance rate guys, not advance rate, you know, from a <laughs> best ball perspective, but players on advancing NFL real life teams. So if I were to cover one, like I said, one basic thing about the drafters format is that the entire draft from your, from your first pick starts with, okay, what am I, like how, how am I scoring enough points this week and next week to, to, to keep myself you know, you don't have to be at the top of the leaderboard after week one to win, but you can't be at the bottom either. You could have all players that are still available next week and be dead because you didn't score enough points. And so that delicate balancing act is constantly 
something I'm 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 thinking about here because I you also do want to stack because right if you have Joe Burrow, if Joe Burrow has a big game, well now maybe the Bengals win and probably Jamar Chase or T Higgins or Tyler Boyd or Hayden Hurst have a big game. The correlation is important, but there are diminishing returns on your projected points the more players you include because they can't all get home. Now you could say, well, if I draft them all and the offense performs well, I'm probably going to get a big game. That is true. However, particularly if you use your premium picks, right? The Bengals are all expensive. Chase, Burrow, Higgins, Mixon, etc. The 49ers are fairly all expensive. CMC, Kittle, Debo, Ayuk. The Bills, kind of so-so, but the Bills kind of secondary guys, not amazing, right? So it's always this push and pull. And something something that I have personally really dug into in this format that really I don't do that much on, on, on underdog is not worrying so much about the specifics of the teams that are advancing and not worrying quite as much about, right? Like, Oh, this team can't play this team in the Super Bowl, So I don't really want to have those two sides of the coin because I am worried about those first two weeks of projected points. I can find a way in just about every draft and you can find a way in just about every draft to build out a Super Bowl viable team. Will it be the perfect team that you want? No, but that's probably good. If it's perfect, it's probably going to suck. If we look at it, we want to screenshot it and put it on Twitter, it's probably not going to win. <laughs> it's the longest lesson from best ball. But I, I'm, I'm okay taking late round stabs on, let's just say, the Giants play the Vikings in round one. Saquon and KJ Osborne. TJ Hawkinson would probably be a better example. I know I'm going to lose one of them. But they also can give me a huge boost in that first round, and I know I'm going to get one of them through. And they're not that expensive, right? So they can be kind of these... Is it ideal that I'm going to lose one of them? Of course not. But you can still win in this format doing something like that. Now, obviously, you need to build for, right? Let That would work if I had a Bengals stack, for instance. I had a Bengals stack. I had to forego the really good running backs, right? Because the Bengals are so expensive, Chase, Burrow, Higgins. Let's say I don't have Mixon on this team. Theoretically, on a Bengals on a Bengals stack that has Joe Burrow, let's just say Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins. I had to forego, right? Christian McCaffrey and all the good running backs, all the best running backs, and all the running backs probably on the teams projected to make it the furthest. So I need, run, right? I have to fill that running back score, and I, I can't, you know, I don't just have to beat five teams. I got to rack up a big score in week one. Saquon Barkley is one of the better bets to rack up a big score in week one. Same thing at tight end. There's only a few good tight ends. I mean, it's really 
I guess if you want to include Mark Andrews, I'm not including him in that bucket anymore. But Travis Kelsey has a bye. And then there's what? George Kittle and a couple other decent guys. TJ Hawkinson is one of the best tight ends projection-wise this weekend. So maybe on my Bengals team, I'm including, I'm going to include Hayden Hurst then too, so I'm covered at tight end no matter what happens to TJ Hawkinson. If Hawkinson wins, great. I got Hurst and Hawkinson moving on. I got extra juice at tight end. If he loses, I'm not dead. I still have my stack with Hayden Hurst there. If Saquon loses, I'm a little worse. At, I'm, I'm quite a bit worse at running back next week, but then maybe I can figure out a way to write. I include other late round guys or other middle round guys, maybe on a buy team or right. But you're, these are just theoretical examples of figuring out ways to balance the scales of scoring. I need to score a lot of points now week one of the playoffs, week two of the playoffs, not just beat four teams, not just beat five teams that I drafted against. Right. Uh, we talk frequently like with, Underdog is an example. We saw this happen last year with Gabe Davis. The Bills lost, but Gabe Davis was the guy you needed because he scored four touchdowns in a game. If you had him, you probably just advanced because he outscored everybody by so much. He gave you such an edge. But on on drafters, right, I didn't need to just – I needed Gabe Davis, but there's thousands of other Gabe Davis teams a couple thousand other Gabe Davis teams. If he scores that many points, how am I now competing with the 2000 other Gabe Davis teams? Right? Well, I got to fill out the rest of my lineup. There's five other spots that are scoring points. So it's not just about beating those small amount of people. It's about continually stacking up over the course of the entire playoffs. Week one, what is kind of my edge in week one or, or, what is my deficiency in week one? How do I make up for that deficiency without sacrificing my chance to win the whole thing and win the 30 grand? You you make it, you keep scoring well through the first two weeks, but your team dies off because you built too much for those first two weeks. That's not a good draft either. It's that constant push and pull. That is, realistically, that is it about, about this format. The other thing that I should have said, of course, said it's full point PPR. It's full point PPR. So if we're drafting number of positions, I'm going to be the heaviest that wide receiver. A, because with so few teams, there are so few running backs that can score serious points. And there's five other teams in my draft, so they're going off the boards fast. The running backs that can really distance themselves but we've seen with i don't know why i've been drafting apparently too much kj osborne he keeps being he keeps coming to my mind right but multiple games now kj osborne pops up for a huge game none of those late round running backs can do that that are the ancillary players we'll probably talk you know saquon that doesn't go that late but the, the saquons may be a travis etn type of a guy. Some might say Ken Walker, but probably not against the 49ers. If Ken Walker had like the Giants matchup, we could throw him in there. Right, but there's not those late round running backs that can do what one of these wide receivers can do. I mean, all the Jaguars wide receivers, speaking of Travis Etienne and the Jaguars, all the Jaguars wide receivers are available in the last couple rounds of drafts. 
Are they projected to win? No, of course not. Did Brandon Staley go out and get a couple of his best players hurt in a meaningless game this week and maybe the Jaguars can win? Yes. But I want I want almost assuredly no more than two quarterbacks. I do draft it. I almost never try to draft two quarterbacks on underdog if I can help it. But on drafters, I'm much more open to two quarterbacks. Now, if I have Josh Allen or something like that, Josh, you know, one of the elite guys, I still love the single quarterback build. But with 12 spots, if you are weak at quarterback, let's say you have Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is not going to beat Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, right? And all these guys throughout the course of the entire playoffs. He's just not. You're, you're sacrificing raw fantasy points at quarterback, and that is okay. But that's when you can decide as your draft goes on. Maybe you started really heavy at running back, wide receiver, tight end, and you're pretty strong there. Take your Justin Herbert or your Trevor Lawrence or even your Daniel Jones or your Kirk Cousins or something like that because, A, they can help you in that first round. Maybe, right? Trevor Lawrence has matched those elite guys before. Cousins kind of has done it. Daniel Jones kind of has done it, done it, et cetera. And they can win. The Jaguars can beat the Chargers. The Giants can beat the Vikings. But no one is drafting for that. I don't have a set number, piggybacking on the quarterback thing. I don't have a set number of the other positions that I would say to draft. And I, I don't think you should go in with any form of a plan. I think it's totally up to how your draft plays out. Maybe you did go late round quarterback and you need that extra quarterback. Maybe you got locked out of tight end as well. You have some weaker tight ends. Maybe Hayden Hurst is your tight end one or something similar. Let's say you took Christian McCaffrey in the first round, but Brock Purdy is your quarterback one and Hayden Hurst is your tight end one. Maybe it's just a single Christian McCaffrey, but Christian McCaffrey is my only wide receiver. I'm going to beef up quarterback and tight end and wide receiver because I'm good at running back. I'm just going to use CMC score every single week at my running back spot, especially in full point PPR, and we're good. Other times, it'll make more sense to add on a running back or two for CMC because they can be in the flex. I have some CMC and Austin Eckler teams, which I really like, actually. CMC and Saquon teams, those kinds of things. You can do that. CMC and Travis Etienne teams. Dalvin Cook, right? These things are more than viable, but it, it kind of just depends. You have to, again, it's constant push and pull, figuring out what your draft needs. And it all always goes back to that, threading that needle of, I need to get to that Super Bowl with the requisite number of players that I want to have to win this whole damn thing. Because that, what's the point of, talking about this for hours and drafting for hours if I'm not going to try to actually win the grand prize. If I want to double my money, there are a lot better investments to make than playoff bet than, than you know skill-based sports speculation. But I can't forego the fact that and and I fall into this trap. I think lots of people fall into this trap as well on both sides. Threading that needle is so hard that most of our opponents will go too far to the, I'm going to get as many points early as possible. I'm going to play it as safe 
as possible, right? I'm going to draft all the good players across the various teams. I'm going to rack up points in those first week or two, knowing, you know, I don't have Jawan Jennings. So when we get to the Super Bowl, I'm probably going to lose points in that Super Bowl. People swing it way too far that way. And then on the flip side, people swing it way too far the other way. You'll constantly see, again, mentioning the Spike Week Discord, you will see people coming in and posting, I think this is too thin. Do you think this team is too thin? Meaning they didn't draft, and this is usually on underdog, they didn't draft enough firepower for those first couple rounds. That's more important, as we discussed here, on drafters. You need that firepower. And so people will take it too far. They, you know, with our 12 man draft and cumulative scoring, people taking six Eagles. I'm sorry. You lost, probably. <laughs> it's, technically, you didn't, but you probably did. Right? Half your team is a guaranteed zero. The other half have to fill out your entire starting roster. And most of those Eagles are expensive. So people, a lot of our opponent, this is our edge. Our opponents go too far to those two directions. We have to find that middle lane to take ourselves to the top. Let's hit some questions, comments, and everything before we hop into a draft. Um, let's see here. Quasi says, I've been adding players in stacks I normally wouldn't, fourth and fifth stringer, fourth and fifth stringers, hoping for a boom week. That's a good example of some, uh, I kept using Jawan Jennings. I'm not saying Jawan Jennings is... Um, necessarily some super unique player he does get taken in um, some drafts not all drafts but it's that type of a thing ty hilton and noah brown i've taken some uh i've taken some noah gray tight end backup tight end for the chiefs not not because i feel good about it but i've gotten locked out of tight end and the example i was giving earlier about oh i'm just going to take a solo CMC team. Maybe I toss these, right? Noah Gray catches a touchdown in the conference finals or the Super Bowl that takes me over the top in this. And I didn't really, right? I didn't really need the running back. Maybe I didn't need the quarterback. Those are the types of players when it makes sense that we build into our teams. Lab card says, if somehow the 49ers make the Super Bowl, I'm set. Drafted the whole starting lineup. See, so this is the interesting, again, push and pull. If they make the Super Bowl on underdog and you get there to the Super Bowl with their whole starting lineup, you are going to crush, <laughs> right? You're going to crush. But that's be you only have to beat a smaller amount of people every single week. You have to score near the top of 12,000 other teams, right? 11,249 teams every week for a month on drafters. And so if you have six, right, five or six out of 12 of your roster spots on one team and CMC goes in the first round, right? Kittle goes in the second round. Debo goes in the third round. Ayuk goes in the fourth round. Purdy goes in the middle there somewhere now. He's not cheap, right? If you dedicate all of your draft capital, to those guys, you're probably getting outscored because they can't all be the highest scorers. Theoretically, right, you have, again, the Saquons, ETNs, Zay Joneses, KJ Osbournes, etc. of the world to maybe save you. But, like, 
I don't think we can count on Zay Jones beating Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, Stefan Diggs, you know, and that's just this week. Then we go to next week. You're counting on them to beat A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, right? Oh, and Travis Kelsey comes comes in next week. Travis Kelsey could outscore the whole tight end pool in a week or two <laughs> with a ceiling game. This is the difficult push and pull. I have drafted a few of these, right? It, it has ended up being Bengals for me more frequently, like Burrow, Chase, Higgins, Mixon. But by the end, it's tough. It's it's very very tough to th- it's a that's a difficult needle to thread with this but that's a good example of kind of what what we were talking about hold your horses Matt we're about we're about to do a draft have some patience have a little bit of patience Flea says if you get Mahomes or Hurts should you draft another QB because of the buy they both have yes in this in both formats in my opinion now that we know who have the buys before this was, you know, the buys were locked in. You could make a, a case. And I, and I think it was probably optimal in, in maybe all formats, but certainly on again, say underdog to take the risk that say Mahomes didn't get the buy or Hertz didn't get the buy. Hertz was a little trickier, but say Mahomes as an example, you could do that on drafters. Now, it, again, on underdog too, but certainly on drafters, you can't take the zero at quarterback this week because you're just going to give away too many points. You need those points. Because again, you have to, the points total, right? So you score just like a normal best ball score, your six optimal players, one quarterback, one running back, two wide receivers, a tight end, and a flex slot into your lineup, the highest scoring players. Then we do it all over again next week. Then we do it all over again the week after that. Then we do it do it all over again in the Super Bowl. And our total points between all four of those weeks, whoever's at the top of this thing wins 30 grand. So if if you just gave away 15 to 30 points at the quarterback position, I'm not even you you, know, you might just be dead in the water right away. Shout out top stat. NFT hasn't played on drafters before. I so full transparency. I don't enjoy the regular season cumulative scoring format quite as much as the playoff format. I'm also not that good at it. <laughs> um, I definitely have not mastered the cumulative scoring regular season tournaments. I kind of prefer this for the playoffs, not necessarily in terms of like the sweat, right? You're probably, you'll know most of your teams are dead after the opening weekend, which makes the, the sweat experience worse, but the strategy that goes into drafting it. I love, I love this, what we talked about trying to drive this middle lane. I love the strategy around, around drafters. Rick says, seems like you just calculate total projections for each player and then draft for largest total projection. Well, the problem with this, I I totally get what you're saying. The problem with this is projections are based on games played. Games played, if, if you just use, so let's break that down really quickly. If you Games played are the most important element to the projection, right? Saquon Barkley projects as one of the highest raw scorers this week, but he's also an underdog. 
which is fine. You say, okay, well, I'm going to project their games played then, right? I project Saquon for 18, you know, 18 points and one game played. Okay, that's 18 points. The problem is you're, A, you're inherently going to be wrong in, a, in the amount of games played that you have for, uh, for every player, right? Fluke things are going to, last year, Rams Bengals was a Super Bowl. That was not anywhere near the top of the probability list. So we got those player those point projections wrong strictly because we were wrong about the number of games that the teams played. This damn camera. It's too hard to project the games played. Now you can say I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and do this. But then if you do it if you project the games played and you do it based on the most likely thing, it's kind of already baked into the ADP and stuff, right? The top players on the top teams all go the highest. And so I totally get this this concept, but I think it's the format doesn't allow for that to be an effective way to uh, to draft. Let me see here. Is this thing going to overlay? We are at 2,822 entries as of right now out of 11,250. So I would not be surprised if it overlays. Um, but I do think it's going to pick up some steam here. Let's see. Do, do, do. <laughs> Colin says draft all Vikings. Thank me later. The Vikings are actually a really interesting um, discussion point for this specific tournament. I'm a good clip less interested in them on say underdog because even if I advance out of the first, I think they can very much help me advance out of the first round. But I think there are plenty of other players that can too that I think have a better shot at the Super Bowl personally. I mean, the Vikings have a negative, like a lot, point differential on the season. Point differential is not everything, but also they're like analytics are they're they're not that good of an actual football team. <laughs> they're they're just not that good of an actual football team. And so I like them to a degree because I they obviously project to move forward against the Giants, which is nice, and it's a good matchup against the Giants' defense. The problem is that I don't know that they're – I don't know how much of a chance they really have to advance far. So it's a push and pull. But again, here, if I'm guaranteeing myself two games of Justin Jefferson, that's more valuable to me. He, he could put up a score – right? He could score 70 points in two weeks. And that could be very important for my cumulative score, right? KJ Osborne could save a week for me, TJ Hawkinson at tight end, etc. So they're, they're very interesting. Very interesting. Do, do, do. Let me see. And <laughs> Johnny says, sorry, you lost. Those teams pay the rake. Yeah, I'm sure I have some, and I will have plenty uh, of teams that paid the rake. That's the uh, is like I did. I am a dick, but I didn't mean that to be a dick. Um, you don't get everything you want in the draft in these drafts either, right? It's easy to sit here and say do this and do that and get this stack and get this many running backs and get this many players from the NFC and this many players from the AFC and make sure you got at least 
you know, you could fill out your starting lineup in the Super Bowl and blah, 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 blah. It's really easy to say. And then you get into the draft and you start to build that 49ers team and some asshole that has a Bills stack takes Brock Purdy for no reason. Right? It doesn't always work out the way that you want. Now, you need to be able to. I'm actually kind of glad you brought this up. Last thing before we start to get into a draft. You need to be able to pivot and still create even if it's right incredibly low likelihood. You start to set up that 49er stack and some asshole takes Brock Purdy from you. He doesn't have any 49ers. He takes your quarterback. You feel like, well, this team is dead. And it probably is. But there are you can pivot. It's not to a pivot you're going to like. But guess what? Now it's Trevor Lawrence time, Justin Herbert time. Those kinds of, of pivots. And now I'm going to build for a Jags Super Bowl run. Right? Something like, uh, is that going to happen? No. But you've at least given yourself a path to win this thing. And that's what you have to do. Even if it's incredibly unlikely, once you got Purdy taken from you, it was incredibly unlikely anyway. No sense crying over spilled milk. Let's build something to where and maybe at least I can win some money. And God forbid, if the Jaguars make the Super Bowl, you just won 30 grand because you didn't give in to the team. You didn't give in to the fact that you got screwed in that draft, right? You pivoted, you built a team that still has win equity. Yeah, I like this. I also like the, you know, we talked about the the Vikings. I also like the Giants to be, uh, uh, totally honest with you and then this to summarize the playoffs are chaos we know it something's gonna right something's gonna go create the vikings are gonna lose to the giants or the chargers are gonna lose to the jags and then the jags are gonna make the afc championship game right something stupid is gonna happen it's total chaos players are probably going to get hurt maybe the buy right maybe the eagles get a buy and lose so you only get one game out of the Eagles and you didn't get them in the first round. Chaos is going to happen. So build your teams knowing that chaos is going to happen. I can't, I don't think I can do Lamar. Is he, is he even going to, is he even going to play? Yeah. I mean, Brady to the Super Bowl. I don't, I mean, I'm not in on the Bucks, but that doesn't mean I'm going to ignore when it makes sense for me to draft for the Bucks, right? When the room forces me to the Bucks, I take the Bucks. I don't say the Bucks have no shot. Can't do it. Not drafting them. Never. I'm giving I'm, you know, this team didn't work out, so be it. If it turns into a Bucks stack, it turns into a Bucks stack. The room, the room kind of dictates some of these things that you have to do a lot of the time. All right. We're gonna do a $20. Here you see $20. Oh, oh for, it's zero out of six. So that's perfect. See if we can get six of us in here, five more into the $20 NFL playoffs best ball championship. $30,000 to first place. We'll see if we can put some of these ideas into practice.
Yeah, this is Johnny says you have to go into these drafts with, you know, basically plans, backup plans, backup to your backup plans. And not even just necessarily plans. So the Bucks thing as an example, I am not in on the Bucks. I'm sure Brady will dunk on me for my belief that the Bucks are are still not good. But so I so my plan and, and even my backup plans are not the Bucks. But sometimes the draft, that's just how it goes. And guess what? You got sniped on this stack and this quarterback, and then you know they let you have Dak, but you don't have any Cowboys. Do I really want to do a Dak and T.Y. Hilton stack or something? No, Brady and Evans are there for me, so I'll take Brady and Evans. You know, I'm I don't, I'm not happy about it when I look at that team. I'm not screenshotting that one and putting it on Twitter, but it was still a, a good team and a smart team for what the room made me do. Hold on, Laser. What is your what is your question? Oh, underdog question. We'll be doing underdog uh, a lot more underdog drafts this week, um, so I won't probably dive super deep into this. Actually, tomorrow we're doing underdog drafts, and then Friday. If you enjoy drafting these, uh, we're just gonna pop on for an hour on Friday and rip a bunch of drafts. Underdog drafters, we can look at FFPC. I don't think I can do a DraftKings because 20 rounds sounds absurd. But Friday, we're going to rip some drafts, and tomorrow we'll be doing underdog underdog drafts. Um, but is the play of grabbing Diggs, Chase, Jefferson early, but then not stacking from that team viable? Yeah. Yeah, it's viable. As long as you have paths to... Uh, Right, so I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't love on underdog, right? Drafting uh, at the one-two turn, I draft Diggs and Chase, but then stacking the Chargers. Like I wouldn't do that, right? But it's always one-offs are viable, totally viable. And start, and I start. <laughs> you see, Tiger there took Christian McCaffrey one-on-one. Christian McCaffrey is my one-on-one. I have one-off CMC, but I make sure that the CMC team is now, okay, I still need to be able to have that Super Bowl roster. Right? So it's it's definitely, it's absolutely viable, but it's not necessarily because you're, you're asking, like, they help me advance. Well, they help you advance, but you still want to use them as a piece that can help you win the tournament too. You don't, I wouldn't just draft them and say, oh, you know, I don't care about the Bills. Please, Stefan Diggs, help me. Like, you can still build, right? A, you can throw on a late bill. Take Khalil Shakir in the last right right stack. Take Stefan Diggs. Stack the Bucks, and then take Khalil Shakir to make sure you have a Super Bowl lineup that's available to you. That's the like pivoting and constant right. Khalil Shakir, I don't like Khalil Shakir, but uh, I'm going back to my Bengals. Did, did, did somebody take T? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna double dip my bangles here. Well, let me look at let me look at who's available. I haven't I, I take so much tea. And I know one of you guys are gonna take them. Maybe. Yeah. One, two, three, four. We're just gonna take them and see what comes at the 
See, and he, but even there, here's another thing. Advanced playoff best ball strategy. One could argue if I took Joe Burrow there, I could pass on T. Higgins, try to get one of these other guys, and see if T comes back to me. Right? You can throw ADP out the window in these for the most part, but you can also, if you're willing to punt off the $20, you can also try to push it. Right? Or you draft, let's just say you draft Chase and Higgins at the one two turn. That's a bad example. You draft, I'm trying to think here. You know, you draft two skill players. Look at, look at, oh, no. I was about to say, I thought everybody got their uh, stacking partners, but you take some combination, right? You have Jefferson and whatever, Thielen or something. You have CD. You have CD. This is the best example. Only took me three tries to get there. You have CD and you get to the whatever spot where Dak is kind of coming up in ADP, you can try and push it, right? That maybe there's a player there that you really want. It could even be another cowboy. It could be a non-cowboy. Maybe there's a charger there that you want to get, Keenan Allen or something. You can push it and say, okay, I'm going to see if the room is also going to be correlating their teams and I can get that value on that player and get an, an extra an extra, you know, high upside or higher upside, higher projection player onto my team. There's, you know, pros and cons to those, but you get the point. Yeah, see, there you go. Take Shakir on that Diggs team that you're talking about. Don't just take solo Diggs then. Then take, you know, take your NFC stack. That's actually a perfect example of like nobody's like oh my god i gotta have khalil shakir on all my teams you know the guy playing damn it up dog i was really hoping jefferson would get back to me there but that would have been really sweet um we're gonna go eckler here here's another thing um uh, hold on i lied see it's we're gonna now that i have eckler dalvin's in play for me there for sure now that i have eckler i have my i have a running a strong running back and then i'm just gonna go with keenan here now obviously i need some more bengals at least one or two for sure and i need some nfc teams but this is part of another thing that I would probably not do on underdog that I will do on drafters where, and I, I don't want to say I wouldn't do on underdog, but I would just be less likely to, you have less roster spots and the projections for the first two weeks are just so much less valuable, but the chargers and the Bengals, even if they, I know they're both in the same conference, so they can't play in the super bowl, but if they were to play, it would be in the conference championship game. So if if these two teams are successful, I'm still getting three games out of these guys. So I don't want to write off, right on underdog, I might say, okay, I have my AFC stack. Now it's time to look at the NFC when I came to that Eckler pick. But here on drafters, so one of the big things that I think that you can do differently 
is do something like this. Yes. And shout out Silas for putting it there in the chat. If you uh, use promo code spike Johnny, or there's just a direct link also in the description here, you'll get a hundred percent deposit bonus up to a hundred dollars promo code spike. Um, Rick, Rick brings up Crowder. Yeah, I think I think you can I think you can take Crowder on uh I think you can take Crowder on any of these sites. I, I haven't looked up honestly, to be frank, his exact injury situation and what's going on here. Okay, so here's not God dang it. But so th- this works out too perfectly, right? I get oh, I guess I could let me think about this. I don't have I could take Schultz and Hawkinson and lock up tight end there, but A, I want to get some NFC from a a good-ish NFC team in the Cowboys. Tony Pollard is just a high upside. You know, he would be in the flex for me with Eckler at running back. But he also gives me outs to, I'm betting on the Bengals. So even if something happens to Eckler, right, they get knocked out. I still have a high upside running back who I'm kind of now building a team for a Bengals Cowboys Super Bowl. Technically, you know, I could still draft Justin Herbert and get myself those other outs, but I'm not going to do that with first round Joe Burrow. You could, I probably wouldn't, but you could, I could have. And I thought about briefly instead of doing Pollard, right? Cause I mentioned I have Eckler instead of doing Pollard, I could have locked up tight end with two NFC teams Hawkinson and Schultz and said, okay, my tight end is going to come from one of my NFC teams. I just need either the Vikings or the Cowboys to make the Super Bowl. And I have tight end locked up. They also both would play in the conference championship. But the problem is I need some more Bengals and I need probably to be able to use Hayden Hurst on this team. Yes, I'm giving it away. Someone's going to snipe me. I know. But Hayden Hurst kind of starts to become a priority on this team. And Pollard is a pretty big projection boost over some of the other guys that were available there. And I I, I do need slash want that early round projection, right? So it's kind of this in real time, you have to be thinking about like, okay, do I want to do these two tight ends or do I want to do Pollard? Well, I have Hurst back there and I still need some more Bengals. Uh, the Vikings. Oh yeah, do I want Hawkinson? If I do, I want to bet on the 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 Vikings if I don't have Jefferson or Dalvin. You know, I like Hawkinson, but right, it's just kind of always this push pull. So you like Updog has Jefferson, so boom, Hawkinson, beautiful, right? It fits that team. I don't know how he's going to make this work <laughs> with uh, with uh, all the bye weeks. Eagles and uh, Chiefs there, but I'll be interested. I'll be interested to see. see now, Mike Evans, time to start uh, uh, getting uh, out ahead of these these bye weeks. What pick is this? Okay, see, look at this. This is goddamn beautiful. So, we're gonna take Mike Williams, get all three of the Chargers studs here, and then I'm gonna take my Hayden Hurst. So now I have my two tight ends. I have a strong, a strong projection early on. Chargers and Bengals. Now, obviously, 
I need the Bengals to win. The Bengals are going to have to, you know, beat other really good teams, <laughs> Chiefs, Bills. But this is this is <laughs> hold on the comment got me distracted. Uh, Johnny says, "I'll deposit and use your promo. I love to support." What's your percentage if I win? I do not get a percentage of your of anything from I, I do not make money on your winnings or your gamblings. The old days uh, that did used to be rev share used to be a thing way back in the day. That is not a thing anymore, but fair question. Um, but so now you see I. I'm cool with my tight ends. Dalton Schultz and Hayden Hurst. Obviously, the Cowboys right now are my big NFC bet. And now we may be looking at some Giants, <laughs> some Giants here, or you know, finding these those fringy-ish guys that okay, maybe I'm probably not going to use their score. Maybe I'm probably I'm probably not going to use their score in the first couple of rounds, but they're my guys because I feel pretty good about the projection of this team, right? Obviously feel good with Burrow at quarterback T Keenan Allen, Mike Williams at wide receiver. I need two of those guys. And then Eckler Pollard Schultz and Hurst. This is a, a team that projects really well for the first round. And if they, if, if these teams win still projects really well for the second round. So this is the kind of team where I can, I'm flexible on what I want to take here because I have eight really strong players. It can fill out a really strong lineup already. Now, you don't want to just say, oh, look, my team projects well. That's it after six, seven, eight picks. But it does give you the luxury of some of these, you know, different ways to draft your team. I definitely should have started looking, however. So I don't think I want to do Fournette against the Cowboys. Oh, no. We are just gonna take P Ryan because I want to have that. Ex he he's really the last Bengal available here, and then I definitely need a wider. We definitely got to go to the wide receiver side of things. And I'm trying to decide. I got three picks left. I'm trying to decide if I go. We're gonna we're actually gonna go to the Chiefs here for one. Because again, it's kind of a luxury pick. Now I don't know that drafting MVS is ever any form of a luxury. But we're at a spot here where I don't know that any of these guys are really you know, probably DK Metcalf is the only guy kind of boosting my projection in, in this opening round. So he would maybe be a consideration, but they're 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 really drawing thin against the 49ers. But he is he is in I think he is in play. I don't have any 49ers. So I'm not writing DK Metcalf off. Although he's probably just a one week play. And again, I have three pretty good wide receivers. I'm also assuming Mike Williams is playing. Brandon Staley kind of said as much that so he's gonna return to practice this week. So um uh, Rick asks, Mark Andrews raw points here. 
See, the problem with Mark Andrews is I don't even know what his raw points projection, like how much he helps you. He hasn't been a particularly good fantasy tight end, and they are really, really down bad. Um, I, I, you know, a one and done Mark Andrews as like a tight end too. It's not, it's not bad. There are certain times where it makes sense for me personally. It did not make sense. I have Dalton Schultz and I have Hayden Hurst. And are those guys like better projected than Mark Andrews? No, but Schultz is actually kind of close from a projection standpoint. And I don't want to spend any more capital on a tight end in this particular team. I am going to go back to the wide receiver. Well, I just want to look at what quarterbacks are still even available. Yeah. See, so when we talked about the quarterback thing, Lawrence is back here. Daniel Jones is back here. Lamar, if you believe in him, Gino is back here. There goes up dog. See, look at, we gifted up dog. Some guys to got the Brady Evans, Lenny DK Metcalf team to hopefully get him through that first round. And then he has Eagles uh, chiefs. So that's pretty fun. Um, I am going to go. My main man, Richie James, here with Isaiah Hodgins. Caps lock is on. We're going to my Giants wide receivers. And the Giants are are kind of interesting in that they are this sort of blend of first round kind of projection boost, right? Those are probably a little bit more flex plays, although both those guys have scored 20 points. In recent weeks, their matchup is good against a bad Vikings defense. They can beat the Vikings. The Giants have done some crazy shit this year in some wins. So they can beat the Vikings. And I don't have the Vikings. And I only have (laughs) the two Cowboys guys. Right? And so I needed to get, as you see, right? I needed to get P. Ryan to be able to fill out this like full team of the Super Bowl. And then the Giants give me that other option. Now, are the Giants going to win the Super Bowl or make, excuse me, are the Giants going to make the Super Bowl? No, no, they're not. But again, in this format, I'm, it hurts me less to attach those guys that can like win one game and help you for two weeks it hurts less. It hurts my win equity less. Because at the end of the day, I need Bengals, Chargers, and Cowboys to win some games, and obviously the Bengals and Cowboys to make the Super Bowl. But at the end of the day, those things, you know, like those things need to happen, but I can get juice out of, right, a 20-point Richie James week could be in my wide receiver spot, could be in my flex spot. And I don't have Vikings, so I'm not betting against myself. They win. The Giants win. Like, I could get every single one of these players through. I could get the whole team through into next week. So I'm pretty content with this team. It's This is a great example of, like, I, I would build. I feel really good about this build, the players involved here, and... The structure, right? Single quarterback, the two tight ends. 
you know, P Ryan, I, I don't necessarily want P Ryan on this team, but it needed P Ryan, whether it be, it needed P Ryan to fill a running, you know, to potentially fill a running back spot if something happens or just to give me the requisite number of players in the Super Bowl, attaching Samaj P. Ryan over Nanan Bengal is necessary on this team. And then, you know, the Giants are like the Bucks conversation we had earlier. I don't think that the Giants are better than the Bucks necessarily, but it's the same idea. Am I setting out in my draft to go get Richie James and Isaiah Hodgins? No, but I will attach them when I don't have Vikings, when I need some NFC guys, when I need some wide receivers, those kinds of things, I'm willing to attach them because A, they project well, period, and B, they can win, and they're totally free, right? It's them versus Quez Watkins types back here at the at the back end. But while I feel really good about like the structure of this team, the decisions made throughout the course of, of the draft, you also have to then say, at the end of the day, this team needs Bengals-Cowboys Super Bowl, which is very unlikely, but that's okay. It's okay to build for these unlikely scenarios because you can't build for the likeliest scenario, which is technically the two buys. The two teams that have a buy are the most probable to make the Super Bowl just because sheer math says they have to make win one less game. I, you know, I don't know what 538 and stuff say about the specific odds, but right, if you have to win three games instead of, or two games instead of three, quite a bit easier. But if you build for that, A, you're probably not going to have enough projection, right? Updog did a good job of, of battling back and trying to give himself projection. But even then, you know, he's going to be relying upon six and only six players. And a lot of those guys might be dead in the next round. You know, so it's this difficult push-pull. So you're going to have to give up something. You can't have the likeliest Super Bowl and the best projected team. Just can't. So how do you navigate the draft to find something like we did here that can kind of give you a little bit of best of both worlds, right? I don't want to be building for Giants-Jags Super Bowls. But I also don't want to be punting it off with, you know, a team that just physically can't score enough points this week or next week. Because the other thing about, um, like, I really liked what Updog did there to recover from the start that he had. But the other problem is, in order to get the week one projection guys, you have to draft, right? Like, I drafted those those Giants guys. You have to draft teams that are underdogs, teams that are unlikely to win. Now, it's like, right, 55-45 or whatever for the Bucks. But you have to draft teams that are unlikely to win. And so that hurts you next week. And next week is also very important. It's not just this week. Next week's raw points are very important because most teams are still going to be playing. You know, a lot of the teams are still going to be playing. Before we get out of here, D-Webb asks about his team. He took Mahomes, A.J. Brown, CeeDee Lamb, Jarek McKinnon, Dallas Goddard. So through the first one, two, three, four, five rounds, he has only CD for this for this week, right? So he's building for the also like Updog was. This is really funny. Two teams building for Chiefs Eagles Super Bowl goes to Godwin. So now we got CD and Godwin at wide receiver. Gets goes back and gets Tony. So now you have Mahomes, McKinnon, Tony, Goddard, and AJ Brown for the Super Bowl. Then, excuse me, Travis Etienne to hit that running back spot. 
really like him as kind of an, an advanced rate, if you will, running back. It's not really advanced rate, but right. A projection <clears throat> round one projection running back. And again, the Jags can beat the Chargers. The Chargers just played to win in week 18 for some ridiculous reason and lost to the Broncos. The Jags can win this game. Like, I prefer the Jags to... I drafted those Giants. I prefer the Jags, all of them. ETN, Kirk, Zay, Ingram, right? It just didn't make sense on my particular team. So he goes to ETN, then he goes to Herbert, gets Gerald Everett and Josh Palmer. So this... Oh, so your first-round team is Herbert, ETN, CD, Godwin... Everett, Josh Palmer. Tough. It's possible. But Everett, you, it was a really good recovery on the Chargers stack, though. It wasn't ideal. I took some of your <laughs> I took some of your Chargers. It's not ideal, right? But who knows? Maybe Mike Williams misses. Now you have Josh Palmer, gives a boost to Gerald Everett. You know, you're gonna need pretty good Gerald Everett. Josh Palmer games, but you still recovered to create a stack that gave you a scenario to a big week one. And then you obviously have Godwin and CD in there, right? And ETN, those three are great. So then you backdoor this Charger stack to create a team that probably not your perfectly, right? You didn't set out again to having backup plans and being able to pivot. You didn't set out to say, I'm going to draft this Justin Herbert, Gerald Everett, Josh Palmer stack. That wasn't the plan, but you you were able to pivot and get a, a team together with an Eagles that gives you life. It's not dead. All right. As I mentioned earlier, two things. If you made it through this, I love you. I appreciate you. Hit the like button. Hit that like button. It's really helpful. Subscribe. It would really dogs are subscribing would really appreciate it if you have not deposited yet on drafters and you want to try out this format a i highly recommend it i don't bullshit about promoting so i don't promote something that i don't believe in that's why you don't see me promoting like a ton of different so i don't promote the stuff that i don't believe in i'm obsessed with their playoff format i think it's really really fun if you want to try it out use promo code spike it's a free hundred dollars if you deposit a hundred if you only want to deposit 10 or 20 you just want to try out one or two drafts, you still get 100% bonus. It's up to you however much you want to deposit. If you enjoyed this, we'll be back every single day this week smashing best ball drafts. We're going to dive over to underdog. We're going to talk. No, I, I'm so wrong about the schedule. Tomorrow, we're going to talk some FFPC playoff best ball contest, which is kind of technically best ball, but, but, a, little, but a very different format and a really fun format. Kind of the original playoff best ball format that existed we're going to talk about that tomorrow we're going to talk underdog on thursday and we're going to draft a million teams on friday so be on the lookout for those shows and uh everybody enjoy the rest of your day we'll see you guys later peace